Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theater of Football. I am Mike Hodum, and today I am joined by uh, two dear colleagues. Uh, first of all, Patrick Heinrich. Patrick, hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hi, Patrick. Nice to have you. And Jeremy Forbes is also joining us. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, 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 good. The Merry Trio is back together again. That's right. That's right. The uh, the three amigos. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, let's start with uh, some latest transfer news. Um, Patrick, we spoke on on Monday, <laughs> and I uh, stupidly predicted that we would get another deal over the line quickly. <laughs> and I seconded um, I, it. <laughs> we we really should know better, shouldn't we? Um, Probably. But uh, I thought Opa Meccano, uh, that, that, those rumors, I thought they were well-founded. Um, I thought we might potentially go in for him. Um, that seems to have dried up. Uh, the Thiago rumors are still out there. I'm still skeptical whether or not we are actually interested in him mm-hmm. or if our name's just being used. Um, one player that has uh, come in uh, uh, frequent – uh, news this week, at least in the tabloids, so take it with a grain of salt, um, is a uh, left back from Real Madrid, Sergio uh, Regalon. Uh, he played for Sevilla against us. Mm-hmm. He was on loan at Sevilla this past year. He played for them in our uh, uh, semifinal of the Europa League. Um, and uh, apparently we're in for him. He's a left back, Patrick. And uh, do you think that's a position we should be targeting? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think... Ole went into that game and saw Regulon play and was like, I think we need that on our, on our squad. And um, I think with, um, with Luke Shaw and Brandon Williams, I think we have an interesting pair um, that I think is um, a bit uncertain. And I think Ole kind of sees that. Um, you have Shaw who's out in injury a lot. Um, and you have Brandon Williams who um either sometimes he has a really good game sometimes he has a great game sometimes he can't keep pace with the game um and sometimes he you know makes really large errors um and i think that uh by going after regalon i think that's a good idea to help bolster the left back side um and you know then if you have you know regalon shaw and williams on the left back and then you have Wambasaka and Basumensa and Dalo on the other side. You know, you have kind of have a three and three pair. Yeah, that, that's 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 a good point. Um, and yes, yeah, Luke Shaw's injuries are a concern. And like you said, Brandon Williams is hit or miss. And that's that's a young player for you. Yeah, um, exactly. He needs I'm some gonna... middle experience. And I think Regulon is a great defensive player. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, he is 23 years old. Um, like I said, he's on the books at Real Madrid. And Patrick, before I come to you, Jeremy, I just want to uh, bring this up and bring it to, to, to let Patrick know um, what his thoughts are. But um, uh, Real Madrid reportedly want uh, around 27 million pounds is what I read. Um, and the issue is they want to put in a buyback clause. And supposedly Ed Woodward does not like that at all. Um, he's willing to give him a sell-on fee or sell-on clause, yeah. uh, but a percentage. But yeah, he doesn't like the buyback clause. What What do you make of that? And in, in, in the deal, is that a deal I mean, breaker? I mean, I think buyback buyback clauses are silly to begin with. I mean, they're just a way of really large large clubs to kind of bully 
talent within all of the other clubs. And so if they, you know, Real Madrid is essentially saying, you know, we don't, we want to get rid of this guy, but we don't want to lose out in the end if uh, suddenly he becomes great, which I think is ridiculous because you're going to send, if you're going to do that, just have him go out on loan. It doesn't make sense. So I think it's silly that they would ask for, well, I think buyback clauses in general are silly, but I do think it's a deal breaker to um, add that in there, especially with the price point, especially with, and, you know, like I said, as, as great as it would be to have a third left back, we don't necessarily need it. We're not dying for it at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, Shaw is going to be back in yes, shape. Yes, we are. That's ridiculous. Moment. Yes, we are. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just debunked your whole theory by saying exactly what you said in regards to both Shaw and Williams. We need another left back. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, we have Jason Foden. Mensa. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but that's not <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Okay. Uh, well, buyback clause, I agree with you, Patrick. It, to me, it's just a glorified loan deal. Um, and it doesn't put us in a, a good position, I don't think. Uh, uh, no. Really Short-term or long-term. I mean, he could play He could play two pretty good years for us. He's 20, then he'll be 25. And, and Real Madrid are going to come in and activate that buyback clause when this pandemic's over and their financial picture looks better. Jeremy, and you kind of answered uh, the first question I asked Patrick, but uh, yeah. elaborate. <laughs> um, in regards to the whole question as a whole, it, is, it, is it a deal that uh, is ideal? No, it's not ideal. Of course it's not ideal. But is it a deal that you should potentially take if you're complaining so much about not having money to spend on players and wanting to bring other players in that are going to be high priced and will affect how much money you could actually spend out this season? Then yes. I mean, it could be a deal that you just take, not because it's holistically the best deal out there, but you need that depth in your squad. Especially if you say you're trying to make a push and for this season to potentially, you know, uh, go, go, go in Champions League to get past the group stage, I'm sorry. You do the deal. Like, you're, you're bemoaning that you don't have enough money to get players. This is not an ideal deal for the future, but we're not worried about the future right now. We need to do some deals for this season, potentially next season, and then if you have to do one deal that's not actually ideally in your favor, you do that if all the other ones are actually in your favor. So, so if, if Real Madrid are going to walk up, so Ed Woodward, say you're Ed Woodward. You know, I've always wanted to use that uh, metaphor with you, Jeremy. Um, say, pretend you're Ed Woodward and you go to, you go to, you go to the Bernabeu and, and, yeah. You say, what do you want? And, and they say 27 million pounds, which I don't think is unreasonable. Uh, but we also want a buyback clause. And Ed yeah. Woodward says, no, we don't want a buyback clause. If Real Madrid said, okay, no deal, and not, are not willing to think, think outside the box for other clauses like a, a, a percentage from a potential sell-on fee or maybe even first refusal if another club comes in wanting to buy the player – and we go to them, which I believe we have with Memphis Depay at, at Leon. If another club comes in wanting to buy the player, they have to contact us and say, hey, they're going to give us this fee. 
do you want to match it and we'll give you the player. Um, so there are other options there. Are you, so if, if they're not willing to, to look at those other options and they're just willing to stick with the buyback clause, are you going to still, so you're saying you still take the deal? I would take the deal, but not, not until later on down towards the end of the transfer season. If we haven't been able to properly secure other players, I would definitely take the deal. Okay, because I, I was confused. I thought I thought you, uh, and I, that's just me. I I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I thought you were very convinced on the player, and that you really wanted him to to push for uh, football this uh, for for our uh, uh, title aspirations this season. But you're you're saying that go back there because the, the the window's still open another month. You're saying look at other top potential yeah. targets, and then co go back. I'm saying yes. I'm saying look at other potential targets. Almost, almost in, almost, almost play hardball with them to say that you're not going to do it. Um, but then, if you don't find any other potential targets, be willing to accept that as a deal. If you go back to them, and that's the deal they still have on the table. Yeah, but if, if you go back long, to them, long story. No, long story short, is this: we're talking about adding depth to our team. Forget, forget which club's going to benefit the most out of a deal. I think that's the problem. We're currently in a state where we don't want all the other teams to have a better outcome of the deal. Like we want to be make sure that Man United has the best outcome of any deal that is made. That's actually just not going to be not going to work in this market if, if you're actually trying to do deals. So sometimes you're not going to be the main one that benefited in regards to say the fee that you actually wanted. That is also if you're trying to build a squad, which we definitely need depth. We've seen that against the game with Sibia. We need depth, long story short. Okay. So you get that depth the way you can. Yeah. Um, Patrick, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that if you wait too long to do the deal and you come back to the table, then they're just going to up the price and increase their terms because they know you're desperate. So if you make the deal, you should make the deal not now. A, you shouldn't wait. Not a, not, exa not exactly, because if they really want the buyback clause, then you're going to say you can't up the price. If you want to buy back, if you want to up the price, then you can't have a buyback clause. You can have one or you can have the other. Yeah, but then we don't get the player. I mean, that's the point. If we're come back to them later on, we don't get the player if they don't have terms that are agreeable to them. Uh, that's that's right a now. You're saying it's not agreeable to you. Well, I mean, I, I agree. We should. I agree that if we're going to try and increase our depth, we should just sign the player. I mean, we should just do it. If we're going to do it, we should just do it, not wait. Yeah, those, I mean, you both have good points. And I mean, I, I don't like the buyback clause at all. I'm not going to, especially with Real Madrid. Um, and, and I know your point, Jeremy, about yeah. us seemingly wanting to do deals that – are just beneficial to us and not to anybody else. And I think that's, that's a very astute observation. Um, and that's probably how they see the, the Van, uh, Van de Beek de deal, uh, that it was beneficial to us and not necessarily beneficial to Ajax. I think it was both ways. I think Ajax uh, uh, got a reasonable, got a good fee, didn't, you know, gouge us or anything like that. And uh, we got a good player in return. But um, 
Yeah, I think I think that is that is a good observation. Um, but uh, at at the same time, I, I just I just really do not want to want Real Madrid having a buyback clause hanging over any of our players. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. dangerous. And I, I realize we yeah. want to we want to bring in players now. We want to we want to attack the Premier League this season. But that's a really that, that's a tough one for me to, to really deal with. And I got to, if Ed Woodworks, Ed Woodward is hung up on that. I actually have to back Ed Woodward on this because I'm, I'm, I'm hung up on that too. I'm not going to, and I, and I'm not going to even do like what you suggested, Jeremy, and go back a month from now at the yeah. end of the window and say, okay, we'll accept the buyback cost. Cause that's just, I, I don't want that hanging over the club's head. Cause if the player's successful, then he's going to go. And if the player's unsuccessful, well then we got to find out some way to recoup some of that money. Um, that's my opinion. But um, yeah. Jeremy, I want to stick with you because I, I want to move to another well, uh, big. What's that? Oh, sorry. I thought I thought one of you said something. Um, but uh, I want to move to another big. What I was uh, saying is this. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think I think where it comes down to is sadly to say. Uh, because we have done so terribly in the in the market, uh, you know, a few years ago, let's say three three to four years ago, I think we because we did such terrible business in those markets, which I actually do blame on Ed Woodward, and not really say our coaches per se. I do blame that more on the inexperience of Ed Woodward in this capacity. Because of that, they've almost gone to the other, they're trying to go to the other extreme where they say, okay, we're definitely not doing any deals because all of our deals before benefited the other clubs more than it benefited us. We're not doing any deals this season that doesn't benefit us more than the other club. And that's, that's a, that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous game to play to go from one extreme to the other, because if you go from one extreme to the other, you could be missing out on great talent just because you're salty about when you spent way more money than you could have on talent that wasn't going to work. Uh, and that's fair. And, and, and that could be the case with the Sancho deal potentially. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely a good observation. Um, but I, I did want to uh, bring up another player who was rumored to be uh, potentially coming to Old Trafford. And uh, if, if you, if, if you're new to the channel, um, or if you don't know, uh, Jeremy is a huge Lionel Messi fan. Um, he, 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 he thinks he's the best player Please in the world. Stop. Uh, <laughs> loves Please him. Stop. Oh my God, <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> okay, well, today, late. And the Messi, thing is, is, my sister loves him, and I can't disown her, but I would. <laughs> Good for Andrea. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he came out today in a, in a, in a press conference uh, and said that he is willing to stay at Barcelona and that he does not want to pursue a legal battle with the club. Um, he said he other stuff like he feels betrayed and that he took shots at the current president of the club and whatnot. Um, so uh, unfortunately, we won't be seeing Messi in a United shirt in 2020. Um, what about the potential of 2021, Jeremy? <laughs> Thank heavens. <laughs> so, so next summer? No, 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 please no. 
I, I think all in all, I think this was what was going to happen no matter what. Whether the president left right now, like he wanted him to, or whether he's going to leave soon after, uh, um, I think this was always going to be the case. That Messi it has been, in my opinion, these last few seasons, uh, part of the problem with, with the club and has, it has been destroying the club from the inside with his actions of being a spoiled little brat. And instead of him helping the club to get over the hump that they were in, sadly, because of uh, holding on to old players and the lure of old players when the game is, is actually passing them by um, and they're becoming too slow and they can't keep up. Um, I think what he was doing was he was not trying to work with the club uh, he was just wanting to be a spoiled brat and say about all the things that he didn't like. And that's not going to help anything get better. You're just talking about all the stuff you don't like. Nope, that's that's a great point. That doesn't help anything. Um, Patrick, what'd you what'd you make of this whole saga now that it appears to be coming to a close with no change? Hey, I agree with Jeremy. I mean, I don't think that was ever going to be the case. I don't think he was ever going to leave. I mean. I think for the next, you know, like two years, we're going to be having the same conversation every transfer window of now is Messi going to leave? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go somewhere else? I, I think it's just bananas to think that he's actually going to leave considering the costs associated with him leaving and, um, you know, just everything in general. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think the only way he would actually leave is if, Man City is able to get him next year within that 10-day window after the Champions League final. If they can get him without paying a fee to Barcelona, it will happen. But that's the only place he's going to go. Yeah, I agree with that. And that would solve his legal legal battle issue. But he has to do it within that 10-day window. He can't be trying to have one foot in the door and one foot out. He just has to bite the bullet and do it. I've actually, I don't know when his contract actually ends, uh, to be honest, uh, right now. Um, I, I did, I did hear some reports said that it ends actually next year or next summer. And then I've heard other reports saying that there's oh, two wow. years left. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what exactly. I mean, I'm pretty sure that thing's kept pretty, pretty uh, uh, deep under wraps, but um uh, I, I, I'm not actually sure uh, how this is going to play out in the future. Uh, and I don't, I don't even know when uh, the next uh, election is. Uh, I, uh, supposedly it's in the next year for the next president uh, for Barcelona. But um, I don't know when exactly that's supposed to take place. It'll be interesting. This is gonna, I said the saga is coming to an end, but it's far from it. He's just agreed to, to come back to training pretty much um, and not go to court over it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a um, uh, suggestion I had when the three of us were together not too long ago was uh, if we signed Van de Beek, and we have done now, and if we signed uh, Tiago from Bayern, and there are rumors out there, although I think they're unfounded, um, that we're interested, uh, that you could potentially see uh, Scott McTominay uh, be looked at as a center back. He did play there a few times this season in a pinch for us. Uh, um, not 
starting matches, but toward, uh, towards the end um, when subs were used. Uh, so he has a little bit of experience there. Um, interesting because today Scotland, uh, is not his, uh, his country, uh, played Israel in the UEFA Nations League. And Steve Clark, his manager, installed him as a right-sided center back in a back three. Um, I got off of work. I had a little time before I started my studies. So I was like, oh, check it out. There was like 20 minutes left in the match. As soon as I turn it on, I see Scott McTominay out of position and uh, a big uh, Israel uh, striker, big star in Israel, um, a good, good, uh, good friend of the channel, Elon Renai, shout out to him. Uh, big fan of Aaron Zahabi, who scored uh, uh, Israel's um, equalizer for Scotland, but uh, he got on the wrong side of McTominay, and uh, like the old Roy Keane adage, McTominay couldn't move those uh, two yards to be in the right position to shut down the attack, so he got the equalizer. The game finished 1-1. I turned the game off soon thereafter. Um, perhaps my idea was uh, ill-founded, but uh, I'm just revisiting it with you guys. Uh, Jeremy, you didn't like my idea uh, <laughs> at the time. I didn't uh, like it at the time, and I still don't like it. You you didn't see the game today, but you know you don't need to see the game no. to know that you still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't need to see the game or or hear you tell me that he was the cause of the equalizer. I still don't like it. Well, to to, to be fair to Israel, it was a well worked goal, and then Zahavi uh, had a nice uh, strike into the the top corner, top shelf to to, to equalize. Yeah, so it was a well worked goal, but. Uh, you watch the replay, you could see McTominay could have done a lot better um, with his positioning yeah, yeah, yeah. in the first place. Uh, uh, so that was I mean, disappointing. I, I like him. I like him as a player, but I actually think that for us, he does better in midfield. And I would actually more prefer him in attacking midfield kind of role instead of a defensive midfield kind of role. Now, where does that put him with at our club in that position going forward? Probably not a lot of chances and a lot of opportunities, but uh, you could use him in that role uh, for League Cup, uh, cup matches, that kind of thing, uh, days when, when both of our stars need a rest. Uh, but, but that's what I like about him. I like him more in that role. And he was doing that and scoring goals for us because he has a brilliant strike and a yeah. good work rate. Um, I just don't really see him as much in more of the defensive role, even though his good work rate will give him the ability to go back when he is is been more forward. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting point because he he, he, does, he has scored good goals for us um, from the midfield, and we haven't yet really seen him play as a, in an advanced role. He scored those goals more in a, a deep-lying role alongside Fred or uh, Modic. Um, so, so, Patrick, um, what are your thoughts? McTominay, center back, or, or like what uh, Jeremy said, maybe further forward, although, like he also said, those opportunities might be few and far between at this point. Yeah. No, I like, so when we brought it up last time, I was actually kind of like digging this idea and liking McTominay as a center back. One, because I thought he was um, enough aggressive that it would make a good, pretty good center back. Um, I know he's not beefy enough, but I will say, one, I'm glad that experiment is over. Two, I'm glad that Manchester United didn't participate in that experiment. And three, now we can be done with that. 
I think we're okay. Um, but I, I, I don't think that I, I don't think, you know, whether or not he would be in a good position in, in the attacking midfield. Um, I don't think there's a place, you know, I mean, I, especially with Van de Beek now a part of everything. I, I don't think that he has a place, but it'd be interesting to see. Again, it's interesting just, you know, talking about um, McTominay in all of the roles that he could be playing when we should be saying, like, why isn't he just a really good midfield? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I will caution against myself and everyone out there to not judge a player based upon one uh, half mistake in a, in a game that led to <laughs> a goal. True. But, um, yeah, maybe, maybe my idea wasn't the greatest, but maybe, maybe, maybe there's still something there. Who knows? Um, but, uh, that's really all we got for you today. The curtain's now closing on the theater of football. Um, I'd like to thank Jeremy and Patrick for joining us. Um, please let us know your, uh, your thoughts on what we discussed today on Twitter at theater of football. Um, and, uh, for, for Jeremy and Patrick, uh, I'm Mike, um, have a great day. Cheers, everyone. It was good to be with you guys again. Bye. <laughs>